Good afternoon brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Uh, so today we have uh, what do we have today? We have AMA for today. Um, AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Um, let me see. Uh, my whiteboard is not quite working today. Let me see. The, ah. So today's uh, top is ask me anything. Yeah. And earlier on, I found that uh, there's a lot of questions being posted already. But before we start off on that, um, just want to do a check-in with everyone. Hope everyone is good. Uh, two more days. Two more days, and the circuit breaker is over and we'll be going on to the first phase, phase one and then followed by two and three so hope everybody has uh, been keeping well mm. so let's see uh, somehow the order, the questions are not ordered in the like Okay, good afternoon, good afternoon. Okay, first question comes from Xue Jun Zhang. Uh, Zhang Xue Jun. So, uh, um, so today's, today's uh, Ask Me Anything the, is supposed to, you know, the theme is on meditation, but I'd be happy to uh, have the, you know, go beyond that as well. So uh, the first question comes from Xue Jin. He asked, we are in the IoT era. It seems appropriate for me as a lay Buddhist to express fair opinion and to disagree with others on social media. What's your view on this? Yeah, IoT, as you all know, Internet of Things uh, is the latest greatest thing I don't know whether it's the greatest really it's, but you know in the tech industry they always say this is the latest greatest thing um, well I think perhaps this question is um, is applicable not just in the IOT era yeah. uh, is it fair as a lay Buddhist to express or is it appropriate for him as a lay Buddhist to express fair opinion and to disagree with others on social media. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with people. Um, the question is how do we disagree? And 
for those of you who have been on my Facebook page a while you will know that um, <laughs> I'm the last person to tell you not to disagree people uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know whether the, this this question is meant to be taken at face value or is there a follow-up question on that? Um, but uh, put briefly, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's fair uh, to have a difference in opinion and to express it. Um, but perhaps we can take note of a few things. The first thing is, uh, if we want to post something online uh, and uh, and make it public or among our friends, if we post it public, then we have to expect that anyone with the public link who can see it can have their own opinion about it. And when they have their own opinion about it, they, they have the right to leave a comment yeah? uh, if let's say we, we refer to Facebook uh, Facebook and many platforms allow you to delete the comments if you don't feel like looking at it or you can just choose not to look at it <laughs> yeah? um, so if we express something we must also expect that people may have thoughts about it yeah? I think that's fair um, and but one thing is that when we express our thoughts, uh, how do we express it, and do we uh, try to understand the other person's point of view? Yeah, uh, or do we just want to convince the other person of our point of view? I think it's okay to disagree. Yeah. Um, uh, if we look at the Buddha's time as an example, sometimes when I do that, I'm like, I, I like to do that. Yeah, I mean, we are Buddhist, right? <laughs> and I'm a Buddhist monk. Uh, but sometimes I also wonder, like, do we need to refer to the Buddha's time for every single thing to to know what is appropriate or what is not appropriate? Mm. So personally, I think it's it's fine. Uh, but I think there are, uh, th there's this notion that um, whether for lay Buddhists or a monastic, um, people are not comfortable with confrontation. Yeah, and I think this is more of a Chinese culture than a Buddhist culture, because if confrontation is something that or, or like having the discussion of differences in opinion is simply to be avoided at all costs then a huge number of our sutras will be will, will not even exist because a huge number of the sutras is about differences you know in principles and views yeah uh, many times the the practitioners of another tradition uh, ascetics or Brahmins, they would come to see the Buddha and they would express their, their views. Sometimes the Buddha would share uh, what is taught in uh, what, what he teaches, but many times he would ask them instead to share what they think. 
The Buddha didn't say, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. I, I don't want to discuss. Yeah. And the Buddha didn't just say, oh, when they have, uh, when they bring up an opposing view, the Buddha didn't, didn't just like think to himself, ah, oh, this is differing views. I shall keep my golden peace and, and remain silent. Yeah. The Buddha did indeed express silence in some cases, but only in those cases where he, uh, where the discussion is um, futile. Oh. So I think it's okay. Mm. Uh, if you, yeah, feel free to post a follow-up comments if you have other thoughts. Okay. Doreen Sid asks. Next next question from Doreen Sid. I know Doreen from a while back, uh, back in uh, Meta Welfare. Uh, that was some eleven years back, I think ten eleven years back. So I think he, she's uh, she, she is working in the Buddhist library uh, as a counter counter staff. So Doreen asked. Uh, Doreen Sid asked. I know it's best to go vegetarian, but for those who can't, can they take beef? It's best to go vegetarian. Best in what sense? <laughs> uh, best in what sense? Mm. Uh, there are a lot of people who are vegetarian these days, but they, they may be vegetarian for different reasons. Nowadays in the West, there are a lot of uh, companies. Yeah, companies commercial MNCs the the CEO have stepped forward come forward to uh, to encourage vegetarian diet yeah they do this due to uh, green reason yeah because they found that the the amount of resources to produce a pound of beef because in US the, 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 the primary uh, meat that they consume is beef so to consume a pound of beef uh, requires an inordinate amount of resources, be it water, be it land, uh, and other energy sources. And on top of that, the amount of, uh, I think it is uh, methane that the, the cows produce, yeah, is a lot. So bears can be many other angles, yeah, but in the Buddhist sense, it would be in terms of the cultivation of compassion, um, we we choose a vegetarian diet to uh, to minimize our harm to living beings, yeah, uh, as a conscious effort, yeah. So this is part of our our practice of compassion, yeah. When we when we say it this way, sometimes it feels a bit odd, like you know, shouldn't you just be compassionate? Yeah, but compassion is, is not something that we just talk about uh, that it should be expressed in as many ways as possible in our life yeah, so given that most people you know, uh, have a choice today so why not right so her question is for those who are, who are not vegetarian yeah, I, I, uh, the question maybe is more about those who can't uh, be a vegetarian, but I think it's applicable to anyone who, who cannot be or don't want to be as well. So can they take beef? <laughs> so this question uh, about beef is primarily linked to the, the, the Chinese, uh, Chinese lineage. In the Chinese lineage, 
there's this uh, background story of this Miao San Gong Zhu, yeah, who was a very who was uh, from what I heard a very kind princess. I don't know her personally. I don't think any of us in <laughs> in the present age know her personally. So it's through this uh, word of mouth and legend and. Um, I don't know whether there are any historical records of this princess. Yeah, there probably is, but apparently, um, he, um, she is kind enough that many people take to her uh, with great fondness. Yeah. So her. Uh, so eventually, they. Um, I don't know when this switch came over. Yeah, today when we hear the story, and in fact there are some movies made, it is positioned as though he she is by default uh, the the manifestation of Kuan Pusa. But I, I, I think is is less that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think it's more that she's very kind, very compassionate, and so people see her like. Guan Xin Pusa, like they, he, she remind them of Guan Xin Pusa, yeah, and so um, I, I think after many generations, then the she is she reminds them becomes she is Guan Xin Pusa, something like that. Um, there is no um, there is no scri scriptural evidence that points to her being a manifestation of Guan Xin Pusa. Yeah, um, I don't think she ever claimed to be a manifestation of Guan Xin Pusa as well. But what has this got to do with the story of or, or the question of beef? So her father apparently is a, the the antithesis, and he is like really horrible. So then it was said that after he died, he got reborn as a cow or bull, if you will. Um, and but they have no idea which bull is he. <laughs> So it's very interesting. They have no idea which bull it is, and so they they, they decided okay out of um, you know in lieu of Quan Simpusa, out of kindness let's not eat the the beef, yeah let's not eat beef, yeah that's one angle the from the Miao San Gong Zhu's angle. So traditionally, if you uh, if you so called pray to Quan Simpusa, then you don't eat beef, yeah. Uh, but if you, if we just take a step back and think about this logic, right? In the in the Pali Canon, there's this sutta called the Mata Sutta, yeah, Mata Sutta. So literally, mothers. So the Buddha said that from from his uh, his direct observation of many full past life of countless individuals. Uh, what I often call the first big data analysis. So he observed many patterns, among which he declared one, which is we have been sentient beings have been going round in samsara since beginning last time. There's no start as far as he observed. Yeah, there's no discernible beginning. Yeah, so in Buddhism, no, no first life, countless. Yeah. So then he says, um, we have been, uh, so you cannot find any individual 
who has never been your mother, who has never been your father, who has never been your brother, who has never been your sister. Mm. Yeah, the title is Mata Sutta. So then, um, by extension, if you if you find any, not just uh, cow, any uh, goats, any chicken, any duck, any pigs, then you cannot possibly find one that you say, oh, this one I can eat. Why? Because never been my father or mother. <laughs> right? So, yeah, if you go by that, Oguan Fusa's uh, or Miao San Gongzu's father was reborn as a, a cow, so we don't take beef. By that, by extension, then we shouldn't take any other animals because all the animals would have been our father or mother, brother or sister at some point in time in the past. Yeah. But that's all moot point if you don't subscribe to the teaching of rebirth. Mm. Oh, sorry, is it still playing? Oh, I hope it has stopped playing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm scrolling through the, the comments as we run through. Uh, Hui Hun asked, may I ask with regards to meditation? Yes. How can I increase my awareness when I feel sleepy and tips to make myself not feel sleepy? When my body starts to lay, lean to one side, should I shift back to center or just stay? Okay, let me answer question two first. So sometimes when we meditate, our body may lean to one side. Yeah, in the lineage that I was trained in, uh, it's perfectly okay to just leave it. Yeah, as long as it doesn't cause a strain on your body or disturb your sitting. Yeah, uh, if it leans, it leans. Just be aware of the leaning and just let it be. Yeah. So in our center, sometimes back in US, we sometimes see like um, or sometimes during retreats, we see people sitting in all kinds of posture mostly like upright but sometimes they, they can be leaning forward a, a lot but they are not like dozing off they are leaning to the side um, and so on oh. uh, but there, there, there's also this uh, notion that um, if you are leaning too far off then maybe you can come back to the center so how can I increase my awareness when I feel sleepy you can try Taking a few deep breaths, you can try opening your eyes uh, half open to keep yourself slightly more alert. Yeah, uh, there's there's a couple of other talks that I've given about this. They are basically the seven steps to to overcome drowsiness. Oh. Um, but you can um, you can also try so you can try opening your eyes half open. Uh, you can do reflection on the Dharma. You can do. You can rub your limbs. You know, pull your ears. Uh, you can go and wash your face. You can do walking meditation. Yeah. Um, so the, the the key thing is that all these are mostly uh, mitigation steps. That means uh, you may have some reasons why you are sleepy, but this can help to overcome it. But these are useful only if the root cause uh, is temporal. Yeah, that means the cause of your sleepiness is just a passing uh, moment. Yeah, in some cases, 
it is let's say like extreme fatigue so if it's extreme fatigue none none of that is going to remove the fatigue because the fatigue is due to you know using up of your energy yeah um, or it could be that you are not feeling well yeah or it could be that you are this is your habitual sleeping cycle like usually you sleep at 10 plus 11 and then you choose to meditate at 12 so of course you're going to be sleeping usually you wake up at 7 and now you choose to wake up at 5.30, 5 to meditate then initially you will be sleepy but if you are to adjust your sleep cycle then you will be okay the other thing is if you um, if you meditate very shortly after a meal like sometimes as you see it's very close to the meal time <laughs> so sometimes you, we may even feel drowsy so then try to avoid sleep, uh, meditating immediately after uh, your, your meals no? so Esther asks is meditation uh, is all about awareness meditation um, yes and no yeah uh, in a way yes because in Buddhist meditation at least it's about uh, honing the awareness um, but it is not as an end by itself because then it leads to quietening of our distract, discursive thoughts um, and that itself is also not as an end by itself because then it leads to um, the direct seeing which we can say that is a form of awareness yeah, but it's uh, much more penetrating oh. okay so let's see good afternoon to all of you um, I won't be calling out everybody's name there's quite a lot of people today besides taking meditation medication this question is from Sylvia Sylvia Ang how does one live with or accept physical pain and discomfort arising from a chronic illness so um, besides taking medication uh, well in the west interestingly there, there are it's been maybe some 20 odd years 20 30 odd years there's this uh, there's this program called uh, MBSR mindfulness based stress reduction program so uh, it started off with cancer patients where they are given pain uh, medication and to, to a certain point it's, it stopped to have lesser and lesser effect so one of the I think one of the doctors or something Hubbard Zing um, and so he I think he's a Myanmar and he introduced uh, mindfulness meditation yeah so MBSR mindfulness based stress reduction program is directly pulled from the uh, mindfulness practice and is uh, largely based on the Satipatthana Sutta yeah so that is actually a, a well-documented approach yeah for for we for using uh, Buddhist meditation um, in relation to physical pain yeah and and uh, from from what was written uh, the 
the patients who are I think I don't think any of them are Buddhist and they, they just and it's not as though they were meditators to begin with yeah, they were taught simple methods of awareness mindfulness and you know bring the attention to the breath bring attention to the pain itself yeah so this is something that is I think quite unique in Buddhism that instead of running away from the pain to before there's pain to train ourselves to be able to be mindful to be aware of our body and mind yeah and then I mean there's the four foundations right senso singfa yeah so body feelings mind and mental objects then um, such that when pain does arise we are able to face it we are able to uh, observe it to be aware of it without um, uh, without being averse to it some people say embracing it um, we, I, I, I like to perhaps highlight that it's not so much embrace as in like like liking it yeah. I, I don't think we should be liking pain <laughs> I think that would become masochistic uh. yeah. but rather to be able to accept that pain is part and parcel of life that the pain that arises is part of the nature of this body the body with all the senses that we have in particular the, the physical sense of touch is the largest organ yeah, sense organ anyway um, is capable of giving us painful pleasant neither painful nor pleasant sensation yeah. this is taught by the Buddha yeah. this is not something new that we borrow from medical science this is something that is taught in the suttas directly yeah and and this practice is so this practice helps us to um, in a way come to terms with it uh, but more about acceptance yeah more about kind of like learning to live with this other aspect of our body because if you think about it uh, nobody actively went and look for pain right yeah uh, but we do actively look for pleasure uh, for the most part of our daily life our body gives us neither painful nor pleasant sensation occasionally we go from a, from the hot outdoors to the room with aircon then we feel oh nice chill but after a while that chill you know we, we become acclimatized to it normalized to it and then we don't feel much yeah then maybe we feel too cold that same cold now start to hurt us we start to feel uncomfortable yeah but we are usually also not really aware what that un discomfort is because we very quickly put on sweater la, put on jacket la, adjust the aircon you know or turn off the aircon we, we are constantly trying to change our experience to regulate it which is you know no crime and shame but um, as a result we we miss out on the chance to be to learn more about the experience yeah so in the buddhist practice it's about learning more about this experience knowing more and through this direct knowing direct, direct knowing direct seeing then our the way we relate to it becomes um, transcendent it it, 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 it transcends the usual likes dislike yeah and so that's how I, the, the practice can help people to um, 
live with or accept physical pain and discomfort. Yeah. Um, and I think this is something uh, this is something that is very helpful um, for people to, to learn to do um, even before uh, they have any chronic illnesses. In fact, I would say even better if they start before that. Yeah. But the trouble is sometimes, you know, no pain, no itch, then no impetus. Yeah. So unfortunately. Oh, so thanks, thanks for this question. Uh, Irene Ng Ailing asked, Shifu, when I use breathing as object of meditation, do I observe breathing at the nostril or the rising and falling of the tummy? Which is better? Haha. <laughs> question so uh, sometimes uh, oftentimes oftentimes during meditation classes uh, and usually during the first lesson I will ask students this question yeah uh, how do you know that you are breathing yeah how do you know and usually the response is uh, of course I know well because I'm alive yeah this is one of the common reply I know because I'm alive, yeah. So this is the this one way to know that we are breathing, and it is uh, knowing by inference. So uh, why? Because living things breathe, and since I'm alive, I should be breathing. Yeah. So this is inference. So then I ask like, um, what else? How, what other ways? Then you think about it. Then sometimes some sometimes some students offer and say that, oh, because I can feel the breath. So I say, okay, good. Now, try to, try to, uh, so then I ask them to try to go and observe themselves breathing. Yeah, not meditate. Observe themselves breathing. Um, and I, I, I tell them to just observe three counts. Yeah, or, or sometimes five, sometimes ten counts. Yeah, just three to five counts. Okay, sort of like do a system check, <laughs> yeah. And when they finish, raise their hand, and then they can stop. And uh, usually, after one minute or so, m most of them would have observed it, yeah. And after that, I will ask the students, like, how many of you observe it at the nose tip or upper lip area, and then a certain number would raise their hands. Not all, a certain number, because right at the start, I never give them instruction on how to observe just observe just be aware right but they naturally some of them naturally observe it at the nose tip area then i ask them how many of you observe it at the diaphragm area yeah and some of them would say yes they observe it there yeah and li likewise not all of them not not the rest and some of them would just say that they observe it by just uh, that general sense of the whole body the chest area, you know, breathing in and out, yeah. And 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 the the and so then I, I tell them that. So, what does that tell us? You know, uh, wait, hang on, uh, let me just make sure that comments are updated. Yeah. So then I ask them like, so what does that tell us? In, in the 10 over years I've been back, uh, 10, 14 years, uh, in the different classes I've conducted, 
there's no one class where everybody use the same place. Yeah. And so I shared with them that. And why? Because I think we are all different. Yeah. We have different affinity and propensity. And I shared with them about how I've uh, visited different centers and uh, trained under different teachers and depending on which lineage they are in and depending on the teachers, sometimes certain teacher from a certain lineage, they teach a multiple set of methods because from their own experience, they find that certain methods work better than the other. Yeah. So I reckon that certain teachers, they teach the observation of the breath here maybe because it works for them. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's very natural for them. And then certain teachers, they meditate observing the diaphragm, the abdomen area, because it's very natural for them. And then there are those who observe in the chest area, so because that's natural for them. Yeah. So usually in my classes, I don't enforce a certain particular area. Yeah, because I've trained tra under different teachers who teach different areas. It cannot be that only one particular one is correct and then the rest, what are they doing? They're just sitting around. <laughs> because each of these are pretty, they are all legitimate lineages with that, that dates back several hundred years. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, or, or thousands rather. Yeah. So, which area is the best? Uh, an experiment I ask students to do during meditation class is this. You all can try this at home. So maybe you are sitting on the floor, maybe you are sitting on the chair or something. So use your palm and um, if you are on the floor, put your hands on the, on the floor. If you are sitting on a chair, use your hand to like hold on to the table or something. Yeah. Um, and, and then I ask you some question. Okay. And if let's say I ask you, uh, is the floor or the table, <coughs> is it hard or soft? Yeah, and then you, you think about the, you, you, you go and you answer me, yeah, is it hard or soft? And then I ask you, is it rough or smooth? Is it, uh, is it uh, warm or cold? Is it stable or unstable? Yeah. Because we are all in different places, usually in the class, they are all having the same environment. Yeah. But even in the same environment, it is how they experience it. Yeah. So the thing is, in these few seconds, when I was asking these questions, if you were consciously trying to figure out, trying to observe, whether the floor or the table is hard or soft, smooth or rough. Did you think about your work? Did you think about your, your family? Do you think about anything else? Uh, if you do it attentively, chances are you probably wouldn't have thought of anything. And usually in class, it's a much longer period because I was ask them slowly and then they will respond. Yeah. So the questions are actually related to the to uh, the observation of the physical material, yeah, namely the four elements: earth, water, fire, wind. Yeah, hardness, softness, roughness, smoothness, then uh, hot, cold, 
and stability movement or stability non movement so (um) when I ask you all that this question and you answer (uh) using your hand you are feeling it directly ya so you you are you are not you are not just looking at the floor and you are you are not just thinking well floor should be hard [mah] 师父 what kind of stupid question is that (ppl) ya of course it's hard [what] it's the floor [mah] no but rather it is that because you felt it yourself and because you felt it yourself you are very clear ya and then when I ask you is it smooth or rough because you felt it yourself so you know ya [hor] and so on so similarly when we meditate and we observe the breath it should be we should observe to the same degree ya that same clarity where we feel the breath such that if someone ask you is this the are you currently having in breath or out breath you know that is the in breath because you you felt the in breath you know that is out breath because you know you felt the out breath ya or you you know that the breath is long you know that the breath is short because you felt the length of the breath ya so (um) in buddhism when we say be aware of the breath (uh) it has to do with this [hor] so not thinking about the breath not speculating about the breath but directly being in touch with the breath [hor] ya as to whether to observe in the nostril or the rising of the tummy you can try try observing one of them ya for different sittings or in one sitting observe for a few minutes and then observe the other side for a few minutes see which one works better for you because the 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 I mean if you ask around those people who have practices practice under different (uh) teachers they will tell you that ya I I've been doing this particular practice for a a while but ne~ you know the mind is always all over the place the moment I switch !wow! immediately my mind quieted now sometimes it is that the foundation was laid using the first technique and then when you switch to the second technique cashing out (ppl) and then you get good sitting ya important thing is if you choose one stick to it ya don't 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 keep on switching back and forth back and forth [hor] so (uh) #eng wee teo# ask during meditation if it if came across bad experience thought how to overcome (uh) bad experience thought if it's a bad experience thought that means I I presume it's either a memory of a bad experience or a thought about a bad experience [hor] so (um) first thing is that if you know that is a bad experience (um) having a thought about a bad experience doesn't mean it's bad [ah] ya it can be a wholesome thought about the bad experience for example in the past maybe we had an argument with a person maybe we had a conflict with a person and in the past we had a lot of anger we had a lot of resentment we had a lot of (uh) unhappiness about it but now we may have a thought about that bad experience but now having learnt the dharma we have compassion towards the other person we may have a different viewpoint ya we may have 
uh, clarity about that so it can be different no? so but the fact that you say you want to overcome it I presume it should be this question should be about uh, something that is unwholesome thought no? so um, one uh, a few different techniques one is first of all be aware yeah uh, I presume you are aware it, this could be an afterthought yeah after the meditation there are so many thoughts but I couldn't overcome it so how to overcome first just be aware second don't engage further with the thoughts yeah just be aware but don't engage further no and then third we can uh, uh, in, in some traditions, it's basically don't, don't deal with it or, or leave it alone, it will cease and then just come back to the breath. Oh. Another way is uh, doing reflections. <coughs> Meaning, use reflections. Reflect on the thoughts and danger of having such thoughts. Meaning, you reflect on the shortcomings about what how does this thought benefit you? Does it benefit you or does it harm you? Does it cause you to become more agitated or not? Yeah. And when you truly see that this thought brings you more problem than otherwise, then you would, you would quite readily um, put it aside. Huh? Kaylin, ah, hello. Hope you are, we are well. This is a long time student from. Wow, it's been a long time, uh, maybe almost 10 over years. So I heard, I recently heard that we must have minimum of 30 minutes for proper Chansiu. Otherwise, anything below will only be considered as Jingzuo. May I ask if there's a minimum time that we need to meditate to have a meaningful sitting from Buddhism perspective? <laughs> Actually, these two terms, Chansiu or Jingzuo, um, Today has is is very loosely used, so um, it's not so much that oh, if you sit minimum thirty minutes, then it's considered chan xiu. Uh, if we consider with the term chan, right, then you must have jhana. So even if you, uh, if a person really have jhana already, the person can sit for one minute, one moment, and enter jhana spontaneously, instantaneously, without sitting for half an hour. The half an hour is more for the those of us who have not um, mastered jhana yet yeah then you need the ramp up time you know you need the the the, the uh, critical mass yeah but in 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 all likelihood when we sit the effort we put in for that sitting usually don't materialize immediately in full-blown jhana usually the full-blown jhana we, or, or quietude we experience is usually due to an accumulation of many many sittings yeah usually you, you don't accumulate enough within one sitting to have any jhana yeah but rather it is that because of the accumulated uh, practices for a long time oh. so that aside pertaining to the question is 30 minutes the minimum uh, in fact just uh, recently I shared with some students about this uh, I, I personally uh, agree with this this figure and and to me this figure is is like 
quite minimum yeah so a few things if if let's say you sit only 20 minutes does it mean that it's not good no it's still better than zero 20 is better than zero but if you consider 30 is it better than 20 of course 30 is better than 20 yeah um, is there a minimum minimum uh, well the minimum in our monastery in US is one hour 15 minutes to one hour 30 minutes <laughs> that's the more traditional minimum um, I think some teachers may suggest 30 minutes because like if, if it's anything shorter, you haven't even reached critical mass and then you stop already. Yeah. Uh, but I have been also encouraging students yeah, that if they cannot do 30, at least do 20. If they cannot do 20, at least do 10. If they cannot do 10, do 5. Lah. If they die, die cannot do 5, then do 1 minute. Lah. Yeah. Uh, Say for example, now Sifu say, minimum 30 minutes. Does it mean that every one of you who is watching this video, not just Kaylin, but every single one of you will then say, every day I will sit minimum 30 minutes. I mean, if that's the case, then yes, please go and do 30 minutes. But um, I think there are many people who will end up not sitting all together. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what are you trying to sit for? Yeah, not just for fun and laughter, peace and joy. Uh, when we do sitting, it's for a certain purpose, isn't it? Yeah. When we are sitting, we don't think about the purpose, but we do sit for a certain purpose. If our sitting is meant to lead to concentration, you do need a certain minimum. And I would say 30 minutes is a good gauge of a minimum. If you think about it, right, our whole wakeful hour in a day, yeah, in a whole day, say if you sleep for 8 hours, you have about 16 hours of wakeful time. Out of these 16 hours, how much of this time is focused and concentrated, tending towards mindfulness? Very little. If you just sit half an hour, you know what the percentage is? Let me just... You all can do the calculation. But let me do it for you. If you sit for one hour, one over 16 is 6.25%. Yeah. One over 16 is 6.25%. This is how little it is. So, uh, that's one hour. So imagine 6.2.5% of your timer. And it's not so much, oh, so if I add them up, I'll reach 100%. No, because the other 93.75% is spent distracted. So that distraction is also cultivation, except that it's cultivating the mind being distracted. And that's why when we are sitting, a lot of our thoughts in the day, in the past few weeks, and towards the future, about the future, about the past, just keep surfacing. Yeah, because 
anytime we are awake we are cultivating it's a question of what habits we are cultivating now, so I think 30 minutes is a, a good ballpark yeah uh, but as I shared imagine if instead of 30 minutes you sit five minutes and every two hours you sit five minutes so every five minutes every two hours you sit five minutes over 12 hours that's 30 minutes yeah because at the end of the day um, Buddhist cultivation is about one thing familiarity sequan yeah it's about cultivating these wholesome habits so if you think about all the practices you think about chanting you think about reading of sutra it's all about repetition yeah why because we are not used to it not used to it we're more used to doing as we please we're more used to moving around we are more used to moving ourselves when we are feeling a bit of discomfort it when less used to staying still and facing the discomfort observing the discomfort we are more used to following whatever thoughts and impulses come along yeah you know as the, as some people say yeah follow your heart <laughs> follow your feelings <laughs> yeah uh, so we are used to that we are not used to using our wisdom to observe we are not used to quietening our mind yeah. so if we were to spend too little time then we are still not allowing ourselves to become used to that yeah. and so if we, are, if we want to have some results yeah, then we need to give more time, more weightage to get more used to it you cannot rush you cannot say oh I, I just uh, suddenly sit 8 hours a day and try to produce some results yes you can produce some results but whether you sustain that or not yeah, makes a difference if you can sustain it then you, you also become used to it but if you just do 8 hours here and there still better than nothing uh, but then you miss out on the conditioning yeah. no? so I hope that uh, helps okay as I said um, to me strictly speaking if you want to have uh, progress in your practice you do need to uh, spend a certain number of time whether it's 30 minutes or 45 minutes or one hour one and a half two hours yeah a lot also depends on your own schedule yeah but if it's important enough you will schedule it in okay Esther further asks someone commented that we are eating dead cops when she sees us eating meat well I've heard people say that before um, I personally don't like to say that <laughs> uh, I I mean it is a fact yeah but I sometimes wonder whether when we say that um, I think for some people when they hear others say that hey you're eating dead cops it gets them to snap out of the social conditioning that that is food yes that is food biologically speaking but at the same time it is also dead cops isn't it yeah 
I mean corpse is always dead uh. it's the corpse of a dead animal right so um, for some people hearing that statement it shocks their the social conditioning and get them to rethink yeah, Buddhism is a religion where we encourage people to think to use our own wisdom to think for ourselves yeah so um, I would say this approach works for those who are ready to think we are all able to think I mean barring some mental physical condition other than that we are all able to think but whether we are ready to think or not and whether we have some stimulus catalyst to trigger us to think uh, that's the question uh, so for some people this kind of statement can help others to, to start thinking yeah and in fact i know of many young people they don't hear such statements but they watch some videos those videos behind the scenes in the factories and they're like wow the horrors in the in the farm it's not like what you know some of those disney whatever wow the animals are all happy talking to each other <laughs> yeah the farm is not what we think it is yeah, so um, perhaps this person is trying to say that to get people to think oh? but sometimes it can be taken as in the wrong way yeah or maybe said with a wrong intent a different intent the intent to sort of put people down like as though like in a denigrating condescending manner like oh you're so stupid uh. it it eat the corpse of dead animal uh, well <laughs> uh, everybody have the right to their own opinion yeah, but the question is why do we say it? yeah do we say it to help people if it is to do that then we have to ask ourselves do you think that statement will help people do you sincerely think it will help people and after saying it do you then assess whether it helps and if it doesn't help do you then change your approach or do you simply keep on repeating it yeah then if that is the case if you just keep on repeating even though it doesn't help anybody then we may have to be careful it may be a bit of self-righteousness uh. uh. and we uh, ask whether practice good meditation can prevent dementia um, well, I think many people like to think that med meditation can treat everything, in including dementia. Uh, I, I don't know. There may be some studies on this, but because um, the, the, the study of dementia and meditation, uh, we, I, I have to go and uh, take a look, then I can reply this. Yeah. Uh, clinically, I don't recall reading anything that directly uh, show that you know meditation can prevent. But there are studies of meditators, uh, ordinary folks, not 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 like wow good meditators, but meditators who just do 20-30 minutes a day, and after half a year or one year the frontal lobe has pronounced uh, mass yeah frontal lobe is is uh, usually attributed to cognitive thinking yeah decision making you know cognitive thinking and so on and so forth uh, 
I I don't know for a fact whether that can directly prevent dementia or, um, but I think there are many factors to dementia yeah uh, I, I, I just wonder whether it is uh, it is due to some I don't know bacteria or virus that get into the brain or is it just a general degradation of the brain if it's a general degradation I would reckon that if you use the brain sufficiently then it keeps it active you know the blood flow everything um, then I think it has a higher chance to keep the cells healthy yeah uh, so if that and if that is true then very like very possibly to help but like many things uh, treatment is best as a prevention not as a cure yeah. so if you ask a person with dementia to meditate a bit too late yeah a bit too late mm. oh. uh, better to meditate first before that happens we see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I don't know whether there are any studies maybe we should do a study uh, of all the meditators including maybe even other traditions not just meditation those who do chanting regularly do they then exp is there a lesser trend of dementia you know is there some correlation mm. no. uh, maybe some of you have access to such studies you can share also with uh, Wihun asks with regards to vegetarianism oh time check uh, 3.12 <laughs> let me just uh, scroll through and try to answer as much questions as I can with regards to vegetarianism may I also suggest we can support health cruelty free brands that don't test on animals as well yes I, I do agree with that um, I think there I think that modern life modern life today in Singapore has uh, we are so interdependent on others yeah there are many products that do animal testing and it's not just it's no longer just about cosmetic products and so on okay uh, even clothings yeah you, you know why when we wear clothings from branded stuff it always feel comfortable it's because they test it on animals also they test on how the the fabric you know will it cause itching will it cause like abrasion and stuff like that uh, the other culprit is shaving shaving equipments yeah so sometimes I wonder like <laughs> I'm not against Gillette uh. yeah but it's like what why do you need to come up with new new blades all the time and then new handle yeah not just about and cruelty free but is there really a need to go from three blades to four to five it, I don't know whether there's six blades now but at some point you gotta ask yourself like really <laughs> because each time if if they come out with a new design they will have to redo the testing right so if you just stick to the to the same thing I don't know I, I'm pretty okay with the three blade I mean you've really done a testing for four blades fine let's just buy the four blades you know 
you don't need to keep on doing testing and I don't think they keep on doing testing they do testing on new products yeah so this whole thing about I, I'm not against capitalism but this whole thing about coming out new products that companies must keep on coming out new products uh, this is a this is a symptom of of a sickness in our society you know you think about it like wonton mee is wonton mee you know like wonton mee has not changed since when I was a kid it's still wonton mee and would there be people who would like it more if you improve on it maybe uh, 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 will people um, you know stop eating it because you never improve no people still eat wonton mee Tabihun is Tabihun. Like, is there really a need to improve on everything? You know, there's a, this saying, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, but now with, you know, the whole, the whole idea about product differentiation and stuff, I don't know. Yeah, so I... <laughs> I... I sometimes when students want to offer shaving blades I always tell them just buy the cartridge and I, I encourage them to just buy the three blade I'm like three blade if I wet my hair I, I can even shave this you know so I don't see why normal people shaving and and I don't even shave it every single day I shave once every 10 days to 2 weeks I'll use the the other electric shaver which is the the and then you know thin it down then after I shave with the normal the three blade or four blade yeah I mean that even some disposable that only has two blades I found some some of these blades from Gillette that it has only two blades really good really effective unfortunate and, and the best thing is that <coughs> their, their handle the handle comes with the blade and, and yeah I, I, I actually want to write an, an article about that it's like why do you need to waste that because once you finish the blade the handle cannot be reused you know so it's, it's not just about the cruelty free but I think there are a lot of things that we um, that the, 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 the companies are just the way it is you know currently yeah, it's so mind-boggling for me. Uh, so, hang on. Uh. I'm having difficulty looking at all the remarks because uh, somehow the remarks are all over the place. Uh, let me see whether I miss out anything else. Uh, huh. Let me see all comments. <coughs> Let me try to find back that qu that question about cruelty free because I answered halfway. Then I will answer the second part, uh, and I will try to then wrap up. Hi, Shifu. Uh, how can we contemplate on emptiness during meditation? Is there any exercise that we can use? Well, first of all, you must learn what is emptiness. Then you can do the contemplation. Yeah, uh, the the current run of the Heart Sutra has already started. We are all, we have finished three lessons, so you all cannot sign up anymore. Wait for the next run. 
or there are a lot of uh, classes online. I think Buddhist Fellowship has an old recording of my class on the Heart Sutra. You, got, you can take a look. Uh, once you have learned the teaching on emptiness, then you can start to do reflection. In the class that I conduct for Heart Sutra, I would guide the students to do different levels of exercises. And these exercises, the written exercises, become the basis for your reflection and contemplation when you do meditation. So, Kokwa, um, it, this, this is a talk by itself, okay? so I, I, I won't go into further details. Kadel, uh, Shifu is making amulet recognized as part of Buddhist practice, Thai monks making their own amulets. Well, this practice has been around for a while. Um, there are many things that is not uh, part of the traditional or part of the original practice found in the Pali Canon. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse, amulet making unfortunately is now quite common. Not just now. In, in fact, when I was young, there were amulets going around as well. Yeah. And there's a f quite a following. Yeah. People swear by it. <laughs> ironically, they they believe in it, in the power of it that they can protect them from anything. Some even profess that it can. There, there are, there's this there's this uh, there are some videos of some Thai monks wearing amulets and then putting themselves into this big pot, big pan or wok and then fire below and then putting oil there and then um, it's very sad yeah because it has been debunked many times and here people are still doing it this I don't know what they are doing and there are still people who are buying into it whether literally buying things whether it's the ointment or the amulet and so on yeah if there's one amulet that exists in Buddhism it's the Dhamma the Dhamma is the amulet yeah um, but please uh, don't quote me and then start cutting out the sutras and then folding it and then you know I mean in, in some traditions like the Mahayana traditions we do print out the sutras and then fold it and make it into a small thing and in a way it looks like amulet but um, rightly speaking, it's meant to remind us of the teachings. Yeah. So we must first know the teachings. We must first agree with the teachings of what is wholesome, what is unwholesome. So that when we see it, it reminds us. Then we move away from unwholesomeness towards wholesomeness. In this way, these amulets protect us through our own conscious decision to go towards wholesomeness. If a person keeps on going un through, towards unwholesomeness, no, no amulet can protect them. Okay, so, uh, Brandon, can samatha alone give rise to jhana or must have vipassana? Yes, samatha alone can give rise to jhana. Vipassana give rise to insight. Now, these two are uh, not totally connected. Vipassana uh, requires some level of jhana or uh, close to jhana to uh, to have that penetration power but samatha practice by itself uh, can give rise to jhana oh, this is from Brennan I hope that replies you uh, quickly going through Rosie asks how do we know if we are ru ting ru chan how uh, come and attend meditation class uh. <laughs> uh, Michael Ask, 
a few times recently after meditating for a while the breath shifts from the nose to breathing from the abdomen and into the head which doesn't make sense haha <laughs> do i quickly bring the breath back to the nose or just observe and keep breathing watching that feeling uh, i'm not sure what you mean michael by the breath go to the head yeah uh, is it a sensation or do you literally feel the air going in there how do you know well, these are questions that would need to be answered first unfortunately i don't know why facebook when you click on all comments it's supposed to show all comments but it doesn't and by right when you show all comments you should just list in chronological order it doesn't it just lists in some random order that i have no idea why they do that so i cannot find the other question about the about that uh, cruelty thing cruelty testing let me try to do one last try to um, yeah i i don't know why they they <laughs> this is something i don't understand about facebook you know like somehow you know this this is the thing about again upgrading things that don't need upgrading like oh gosh sometimes uh. ah okay so i see some comments here but i can't seem to see all comments turn on live notification da, 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 turn on yeah the, the <laughs> i know it's going to sound funny like oh finally you all see a monk who appear a bit flustered you know I'm, I'm a bit flustered with facebook because i'm a i, I was a software developer myself so i know it can be done another way so I, it escapes me why they do it this way like i'm sure they have good reasons maybe marketing maybe they are trying to improve the user experience but when i click on all comments you must show me all comments don't filter for me stop treating us like kids <laughs> it's just mind-boggling so unfortunately because of that the the comment that i read halfway is just missing i i just can't find it at all yeah and it's not in any particular order i have comments that is one hour ago i have comments that's 40 minutes ago I have comments that's 20 minutes ago and then 10 minutes ago it's just all over the place now that is the newest first right so by right newest first should show me the newest first here it says newest first is one hour ago but earlier on i saw that there's some comments 10 minutes ago and i'm sure some of you are leaving comments now but all i see is comments from jessica lim good afternoon shifu one hour ago so if any of you are working in facebook please tell the developer team that is doing this comments thing to leave it alone like come on basic sorting <laughs> whatever you pull from a database don't go and do funny things with it yeah oh boy uh okay let me just try one last time and see whether i can find that one comment 
Yeah, no, that comment is just gone. Um, if let me see whether some of the volunteers are able to help me look at it. Yeah. Uh, Lock John just tried to call me. Do you want me to post? Yes, Lock John. Uh, if you can't, maybe post it. If you can help me copy and then post it to WhatsApp, it'll be good. Because if you post into the Facebook, it may do its own sorting and filtering and set. I don't know. And then I cannot find it. Yeah. Um, if you can find the one that talk about um, the animal testing, yeah, uh, I, I'll just answer that question and then we wrap up. Okay. Done. 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 Where? Post into WhatsApp. Don't post into Facebook because I'm not able to read all the messages on Facebook. So if you post it into Facebook, um, ah, okay, I can see it now. <clears throat> Finally, now suddenly all the questions come up. With regards to vegetarianism, okay, so we can practice vegetarianism not just in what we eat but also in the products we consume, like makeup, skincare, and so on. Yes, so most agreed. Yeah, uh, I don't say that it is compulsory for everybody to become vegans. Yeah, vegans, strict vegans, they don't even use leather products they don't wear leather belts um, for the longest time now if i were if i were to be given some products or have a choice in the products that is being offered to me i'll try to ask for the fake leather yeah i mean to me it doesn't make a difference fake leather is just from pvc of course there'll be those who say oh but sifu the fake leather uses uh, polyester and so on and so forth it's bad for environment bad for your health blah 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 <coughs> well, then just don't use anything. <laughs> yeah, just breathe air and drink water. You know. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, for a start, let's try to live our life with compassion. Yeah, uh, to minimize, to go from where we are to zero may be may be quite difficult. Just minimize, minimize the cruelty, increase the compassion. To go from where we are to have the compassion of the enlightened ones, the sages of long gone past, uh, may be a bit difficult to do it overnight. But maybe today we are discompassionate, tomorrow just a bit. Yeah, can you see? Uh, just a bit like that. Uh, from here to here, just a bit, not too much. Yeah. And then from here, you try to sustain for a few days, sustain for a few weeks. Then after that, it becomes the norm. Then you increase a bit again. Yeah, I think this is more sustainable. For those of you who are able to just do a one shot today like that, tomorrow, boom. Please do it. Oh, please do it. Uh, thanks, Doc John, for helping to uh, repost. Uh, Albert Coca Abelo about any animal being our relatives how can this happen if self does not exist how can any dead rebirth in a cow if that does not really exist but it's only the five aggregates <laughs> it, 
Yeah, well, this is another whole topic about how the, how is it possible to have rebirth uh, if there's no self. Yeah, uh, this itself is another dharma talk. Oh, but if you um, if if you subscribe to no self in that way, um, I'm not going to go into technicalities about how that is anahilistic. Yeah, um, but if you subscribe to it in that that way. And and this argument doesn't work for you. Then so be it. <laughs> so be it. Yeah. Uh, look for some ways for you to be more compassionate. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah. I'm 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 quite past trying to convince people of of the teachings. <laughs> if you're not convinced, you're not convinced. I can't be helped. Shifu is making okay. I've already answered the amulet making. Uh, How to overcome from startup noise causes? Okay, there are too many other questions. I, I'm, I apologize. I can't uh, answer them all. I'm going to keep this uh, pinned. Let me try to pin it before I lose it again. Oh, how do I pin it? Uh, let me see. Is there a way to pin this? Okay, let me just uh, hard this first. Okay. So what I'm I'm doing now is I am I've marked it out. The rest of the questions because it's not just one or two. There's quite a lot after that. So I'm going to leave that, and then we're going to continue next week. All right. Uh, for those who who have questions that you you still want to ask, feel free to post into the comments, and I'll try to answer them. If I can answer them directly, I will just reply in the comments. If not, uh, I will uh, spend time next week to answer those questions. Alright? So, keep safe, stay healthy, and uh, I will see you all next week. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao. Yuan Da Zi Hui Zen Ming Liao. Pu Yuan Zui Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Shishi Chang Xing Pusa Dao. Amitabha. Chili.